you know what? I'm not completely Colombian. I'm not completely Italian, but I am a great mix of both. I couldn't move away from any of the preconceived ideas that they had of me because they've seen me grow up. Well, in Germany, when I arrived, it was no one knew me. I could be whoever I wanted to be, even if it was the same person that I was here in Colombia. I've also had my, my share of um, bad experiences in England, but they made me the person that I am today. And it was that's something I would never have gone through, maybe if I hadn't had those rough moments in, in England. And I think I needed England for that because that's where the weather is so crap and you drink so much. But the way we do that, that's different. Moving away from home. I'd heard stories about it. This isn't my home. It's changed my life. I really wish someone had told me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Statelessness. This is the first Statelessness episode to be recorded online. And even though I'm a little annoyed that I didn't get to show off my expensive microphones and equipment to the guest, this online recording has actually given me the chance to reconnect with an ex-workmate and a friend. She has finished her bachelor's and master's degrees in the UK and is now to be found handstanding somewhere in Colombia. She's a certified yoga instructor. Inhale deeply here, elevate your spine. Exhale, you're going to... Pass your knee over your body so that you're twisting to the side. And you're going to look into the opposite direction of the twist, feeling your body stretch from side to side. I'm going to confess that I started doing yoga. It's actually a lot of fun. My problem with it before quarantine was not finding the right yogi, because the class will usually say beginners, but the teacher and the person demonstrating will be going really fast and they're not properly like explaining why and how to do what we're doing you know but honestly I've checked out Christina's content and even did a yoga class with her she's done her yoga certification in an intensified camp just recently so she knows what she's doing but she was also a beginner just months ago so she takes you through yoga really nicely the only problem is that most of her content is in Spanish but we can convince her to make more English content. So if any of you wants to start yoga, is interested into getting a little healthy in quarantine, please go to her Instagram right now and sign the form in her bio. I've left the link to her Instagram in the episode description. And if we get 10 stateless mess listeners tune into her next Zoom class, we will convince her to make a live yoga class on the stateless mess Instagram page for y'all. Also, Christina and her blog, Mindful Mess, was actually the inspiration behind Stateless Mess's name. But you probably don't care, so I'll stop fangirling if you will go support Christina and follow her on YouTube and Instagram at Christina Rojas Yoga. I've left the links in the episode description on whichever platform you're using to listen to me from right now. And you can also press the follow button for me as well while you're there. Towards the end of the episode, Christina talks about yoga and writing and how they helped her overcome her depression when she was in the UK and afterwards. Really insightful for everyone stuck with their thoughts, especially in this quarantine time. But right now, let's delve right into this episode. So, um, today's guest is an international human, a citizen of the world. She was born and raised in the Republic of Colombia, And in her latest blog, How to Use Your Emotions Like a Beautiful Compass, she calls herself a certified hippie, aka yoga teacher, and an expert in self-help. Christina, hi. Hi, I'm good, thank you. Very humbled by that introduction, thank you. (laughs) And it made me very happy to have people follow my blog and actually be so impacted by it that they will decide to start on a project like a podcast, so... Yes, thank you. You're my number one fan, and I like that. <laughs> I I absolutely love your blog and um, the stuff that you've been releasing online. Um, you're doing a blog. You're now teaching yoga. You went yeah. for yoga um, masterclass, is it? I did um like a yoga teacher training in India. It was a whole month, and it was amazing. And now I have a yoga uh, YouTube channel that's also been interesting. <laughs> Yes, I've uh, I've checked that. Really cool stuff you got going on there. Guys, link is in description. Have you done any of my classes? 
not yet to be honest because most of your content is in spanish and i don't speak spanish mm-hmm. yeah that's fine i'm i'm trying to like because i've been uploading a lot of like in spanish and now i'm trying to do more in english so yeah we'll see how that goes yes please more english content so to start off you you call yourself an international human a citizen of the world you grew up in colombia and then you went to germany and then the uk and india first question mm-hmm. where is home to you oh that's that's always a question that i'm i'm always afraid that people will ask us it's really hard um like for example now i'm back in colombia for like the holidays and then i got stuck here with the lockdown and everything and i like it i have my friends here i have my family here but i really don't see it as my home home like I don't see it like a future here for me. I don't entirely like my brother. He stayed in Colombia his whole life. And there's so much of Colombia that I've missed. Like I haven't really been out and going out with friends here because when I was in the age of like going out and going to parties, I went to Germany and I partied there and I went out over there. And then when I came here, I was on my first year of uni But I was, again, kind of like trying to just be with my family. So I wasn't really going out with friends. And then I left to the UK. So it's really, really hard. And then maybe the UK could be my home, but not so much. Because even though there's a lot that I like of the culture, uh, of the people there, the humor they have, it's not like I still feel like I'm an international student there. I never felt like, ooh, I could be British or... Or, you know, live here my whole life, like in England. So that's a that's mm-hmm. a no. And then Germany. Germany is kind of the closest. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because my grandma was German. Maybe because I've always been fascinated with the German language. Or maybe just my exchange year was such a like life-changing experience. And I really developed like a lot of myself there. So maybe that's why that would be the closest. But then I've only lived in Germany for like a year and a couple months so i don't think that can count like home so basically my home is myself and that's it <laughs> as hippie as that sounds <laughs> that's um can you tell she's a yoga teacher chakra says let's start with where you are now yes i'm, I'm in colombia right now because i came i finished my master's in november last year and then i came here for like holidays and then the whole pandemic started so i had to stay here Which is good because it's it's a good place to stay during that pandemic. You get the sunshine every day and it's not too bad. Well, was there any other plans that the pandemic stopped? Yeah, I was going to move to Germany. That's That was the plan. I applied for jobs and I'm still interviewing for some jobs over there. But now everything is kind of up in the air. There's nothing certain at the moment. Right. Well, I hope it passes soon. You know, the whole world is in uncertainty yeah it's it it's amazing how quickly it happened though like november last year we were all fine nothing was going on we were all just enjoying going outside hugging people and then all of a sudden we can't <laughs> and it, it it was just so sudden okay you've you've basically explained now let's dig into some serious statelessness stuff and since christina was born and raised in colombia it makes sense starting from there um I don't know, like having an open mind, because here I was in a school that had... So, okay, so basically, I'm going to tell this in very few words. Uh, we have like social classes here. So there's from one to six. Six is people that have a lot of money. One is people that don't have that many resources. And normally schools, you know, if you go to private schools, they normally are from like the four or the five, fifth or the sixth social class. And my school, it had every class. So from an early age, I was always like interacting with people from all classes, seeing all the different realities. I could never judge people with less resources because they were my friends, but I could never judge people with more resources because they were my friends. So I think that helped a lot. And that's something that I think in Europe, there's more of like a big middle class. And then there's a few that are really rich and then there's a few that are really poor. But like the, the average is the medium class. In Colombia, you see all of the extremes and, and you see a lot of people in it. So I think I think that's something that I really learned in Colombia. And then um, 
being sorry can mm-hmm. i can I stop you for a second yeah of course when you say the social classes is this like um because you said one to six it seems to me like it's a formal thing um yeah like for example you pay services depending on it and like the the uh how do you call it? the neighborhoods depending on how many things they have like how many good streets how many services they get then they're going to be higher in the ranking because there's going to be people that can pay more for the stuff that they get if you know what i mean kind of like wow. in, yeah it sounds really weird it sounds like like the district in like hunger games or something like that it's not that bad literally <laughs> i know but it's not it's not like it's more in the paper and it's more like you know if if you're making if if you're a lawyer in a really good firm of course you're going to be able to afford more things of course you're going to be able to pay more taxes pay more in services blah 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 and then if i don't know if you work as a cleaner or something then you're going to be paid less so then it's it's logical that you'll pay less taxes and stuff so that they find that out with like the social class number right yeah <laughs> it sounds really weird but yeah i don't know uh-huh. it's normal here <laughs> yeah it makes sense it's also like in england when they have like the tax brackets and stuff it's- they just Exactly. Don't label it as you know. They don't label it as your one, two, three, four. Exactly. Um, I think I think everywhere in the world they have it a little bit, but yeah, exactly. It's not like labeled as yeah. here. <laughs> okay. I read. Um, Christina really represents a mixed breed. Yeah. Something from all around the globe. Egypt, like. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can talk about my family. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a big mess, <laughs> and that's why also like why I consider myself like an international person because okay if we go my mom is italian she was born in italy but her dad is italian but he lived in egypt almost all of his life um he was born there actually in like a italian colony yeah and then he married a german woman which was my grandma and then they lived in italy for a couple years but then he was sent to work in brazil so they they all moved there and they lived there for six years or something like that. Um, so like my uncle and my mom, they all speak always in in Portuguese from Brazil because that's when they were like old enough to like bond as brothers and sisters. And then they came here when my mom was like sixteen or fifteen, and she was put into a French school because my grandma wanted her to like learn as many po- uh, languages as possible. She she studied here and then she met my dad. My dad, even though he's from like a fully Colombian um, family, he was in the German school because his family really liked the German culture and like how organized and stuff like that they are. Um, so okay. so yeah, so he like he knows fluently German, and he met my mom and they married and then I was the result. So it was very multicultural. I know. Very multicultural. And that was the funny thing, because like a lot of like Christmas or like big festivities, we didn't celebrate them as one nation. Like we didn't do the Colombian Christmas or the Colombian birthdays. It was always like a mix of you know a little bit of the Colombian things, but also the Italian things and the German things and the Egyptian things mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so it was really hard to like be fully feeling Colombian or fully Italian or fully German. So yeah, that must be really hard for the cultural identity that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. So how did that affect you growing up? Um, I think it was hard at times, especially like that around the festivities when my friends were doing such like typical Colombian things, and then they would ask me like, "Oh, doesn't your family, I don't know, dance to this song?" So it's this or, or prepares this and I would be like no so I, I kind of always felt like a little bit of like a singled out person like I didn't really belong here but also with the few Italian uh, friends that I had or Germans I didn't belong with them because I wasn't Italian I wasn't fully German so I, I think at the beginning um, it was hard but it also helped me to make my own identity a very like individual identity of like you know what, I'm not completely Colombian, I'm not completely Italian, but I am a great mix of both, and I can just seize both of them, and I can teach the different things to different people, and I can learn the different things from different people. So I think it was hard, but at the end, it made me who I am, so I'm really grateful for that. 
my family is a bit of like traditional so they wouldn't let me out or like go out late at night as normally people here do because that's that's the culture here they were more like reserved and there were a lot of like oh you're a girl you shouldn't be out too late and stuff like that and that made a bigger like gap between me and my friends when I was growing up so they were doing a lot of celebrations Colombian celebrations together and Christmas and stuff like that together or New Year's New Year's is a perfect example for that for like because for my family New Year's is something that we do just the four of us me, my, my mom, my dad, and my brother. And that's it. There's no one else. That's our New Year's. But here in Colombia, it's the complete opposite. New Year's is something that you do with your friends and your extended family, and everyone just gets together, and it's a big party. For us, it's a little bit more reserved. We kind of just, like, watch TV, watch the fireworks, eat our New Year's Eve dinner, and that's it. Um, so it did make me feel a little bit of, like, alinea- al- alienation. How do you call that? alienated alienated yeah yeah. alienated um but there's something here in colombia as well that there's a lot of like worship (laughs) um maybe that's not the right word but there's a lot of like admiration for um how do you call that people from other lands like here if an american Mm. person comes here everyone is like oh my god he's not from here he speaks english oh my god this is amazing come we'll invite you into whatever we can and stuff like that And because I have green eyes, which is very, 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 very uncommon in Colombia, it was kind of good to have that special attention uh, when I was growing Mm. up. So, you know, so I was a little bit different and and felt a little bit alien. I cannot do that word. But yeah, I felt a little bit like distance at times. But then I also got like kind of the nice attention and kind of like... My last name as well is, is unpopular here because it's an Italian last name. So people will be, oh my God, where are you from? And I also cannot pronounce the R as in Spanish you're supposed to pronounce it. Not because I speak different languages. It's just because I never learned to do it properly. So it, it was always like, oh, she's different. Interesting. So I think that's why it had mm. like a, a good and a bad side to it. I see. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm a very typical Egyptian, and uh, I don't have green eyes. <laughs> um, you finished high school in Colombia, right? Yes, but I did an exchange year to Germany before finishing high school here. Okay, so tell me about Germany first. Um, well, I chose to go there because my grandma was German, and my dad knew German, and I've been... I had been learning German for a while because, I don't know, there's something it's like a crush that I have in Germany, on Germany. I don't know why, but I really like it. I like the way the, their humor. I like the way they, they keep their houses clean. I, I like I like German culture. Um, so I was presented with the opportunity. I had to choose three countries, three possible countries. I decided my top option was Germany. Then my second was Italy and my third one was Australia. And then I did the whole process, like, it was funny because, like, both my parents were like, okay, you can go on your exchange, but you have to do all the paperwork, you have to do all the interviews that you have to do. Like, we're not going to really do much about it. If if you're interested, you have to do it. So I was like, okay, fine, cool. There were a lot of paperwork that you have to do because it was through Rotary International. So you had to talk to clubs here and clubs that wanted to sponsor you. In, like, the exchange, you had to have interviews with, like, a psychiatrist or, like, psychologist to make sure that you're going to be stable and not go crazy when you're without your parents and stuff like that. I had to talk... Really? To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it's it's a dangerous age. You're 17. You're, you know, you're starting drinking and going out on parties and then you go out to a different country without your parents and things can happen. They take you to an actual psycho- like psychiatrist and you have to sit down and explain to them that you're mature enough to yeah. not Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm, exactly. They did like a full, it was like an hour interview with a psychologist and it was really nerve-wracking because I was like, I don't know, the whole thing seemed fine, but I was like, what if, what if they think I'm crazy and I cannot go? <laughs> uh, so I was really like, I was sweating after that interview. I was like, oh, please, please tell me I'm normal and I can go. Um, but yeah, it went, it went all fine. I spoke to my school. My school was a little bit kind of 
annoying about it. They were like, okay, you can go, but as soon as you come back, you have to present all of the exams that you've missed. And then you mm. have to prepare for the like state exams that they do here when you finish school. But I said, you know what? Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I don't care. I just want to go for a year abroad. Like, I have no problem with that. Right. It was a, an opportunity of a lifetime. I was like, yeah, I can, I can, you know, I can revise later on. I can study everything. And then you went to Germany. Yes. And it was on my birthday, which was amazing because it was when I turned 17. Um, so we had like breakfast with my family here. It was my celebration of my birthday, blah, blah, blah. And then I landed over there. And you have, um, with Rotary, it works that you have like two or three host families and you go to like two or three months with each. So the first host family, I had already spoken with them through email and stuff, but never like really called them or, or talked to them, you know, on video or anything. It was just like emails. So mm. then they picked me up on the airport and they were, they were the sweetest family. There were like two girls and the mom and the dad. And they became my, my, my family for in like the first week. It was the, the connection I had with my host mom was, was truly amazing. It was, I still message her. I still email her. We still like chat when it's Christmas and stuff like that. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, so yeah, so they picked me up from the airport and they had thrown me, um, uh, like a surprise party when I got home, like to their house. Mm. And it was really cool. Cause it was like my, my German there, even though I had studied before, it was, it was very broken German. Like, you know, I hadn't spoken with an actual German before. It was only classes with Colombian people that spoke German. Um, right. so it was, it was very intimidating, but it was a very cool experience of like, dude, I'm on the other side of the world. They're, they're throwing a party for my birthday and I'm speaking very broken German, but this is awesome. So yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite birthdays to date. <laughs> How old are you now? Is that okay to ask? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> you never ask a lady her age. No, just kidding. I'm 25. I'm sorry, that's, I asked it and then I was like, okay, shit, I should not have asked. <laughs> it's okay. Only until you're past 30, then you don't ask. Okay. <laughs> And you're not 30, right? No, no, no. I'm 25 now. That is a joke. That is a joke. That is a joke. <laughs> I was like, come on. I don't look that old. <laughs> um, how was the, the, the experience throughout the year then from, from that day? It, w it was amazing. I was in a school. I had to go to classes there. But it was great. I, of course, I made some like few mistakes. I, I got drunk stupidly. But it was it was really... It was very liberating because it made me build such an like a strong identity. Because when you're here, like when you're back home or, or you've seen the same people for years, because you go here to school from the age of four till the age of 18 with the same people, no? So kind of my identity depended a lot on what other people thought. Or like I, in Colombia, I was a little bit of the shy girl that traveled a lot and I couldn't move away from any of the preconceived ideas that they had of me because they've seen me grow up. Whilst in Germany when I arrived it was no one knew me I could be whoever I wanted to be even if it was the same person that I was here in Colombia but it was kind of my choice to be like this not just because people already knew me or, or whatnot so It was it was really great to like be very um I don't know how to say it, like safe or or happy to be you. Like like even for example, this is silly, but um in my school here in Colombia I was always known like the very kind of like macho girl. I was always like playing football and stuff like that. But then you know I'm a girl and I also like to do feminine stuff. But here when I would do mm. feminine stuff, they would be like, What what's up with you? Like, you know, why aren't you playing football getting all dirty like this is not you and I will be like well it is me but then in Germany I had the opportunity to just be me and people would just take that that me and be happy with it because that's all they knew about me so so yeah it was it was really really great for for like developing my myself my yeah um I still have a lot of friends there that we still talk because we we lived such a such an important year of of our lives together like it's it was the first time that we were alone like without our families that we were in a different country 
we had so many bonding um, experiences of like, you know, even just being drunk with friends in a in a strange land, speaking different languages. It's it's a very bonding experience. And also, I, I do want to say, I know I said a lot about being drunk in Germany. That's not everything I did there. <laughs> I also went to school and Sounds I also to went like to drinks. <laughs> I know German beer is good, but but I also did other stuff. <laughs> so, well, speaking of other stuff, then um, <laughs> the country itself. Did you think that you know your experience was because of the people that were there and the fact that you left your country, or did the Germany itself facilitate that and made it a better experience? I I love Germany as a country. I really do love it. I feel a little bit bad because a lot of German people are not very proud to be German because, you know, history. Um, mm. And it was very interesting because when we were talking with German people, they couldn't understand that we would choose Germany as our first choice, which was really sad because mm. it's like, I mean, I know Colombia is not perfect, but I still lo- love my country and... I don't feel bad about it, but they do. They do feel that kind of like history's weight on their shoulders, which is it's, it's a bit sad. But I do like the country. Everyone, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of humor in Germans that most people don't see. Like people think they're like they're very serious, organized country and stuff like that. But they're actually really kind they're really helpful they're if they see you kind of looking lost in the middle of the street they 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 have no shame and they will ask you are you lost can i help you in any way and if you say no they generally they just walk off and then leave you at it they're not pushy but they are very helpful um so i think it was a great great way all like the the grandpas from like the both families that i had there they were so funny and so even with my broken German, we bonded so much. They were like, they're great. I don't know. So I think Germany made made it a really good experience. But I also think any other country would. Because I think there's something about getting to really know a country, getting to experience it, getting to live it, that you're going to see the good side of it. There's always some amazing thing that each of the countries have in the world. And it's just great. Okay. Um why did you not go to Germany after going back to Colombia? Like for, for university? Um, basically, because my German was not good enough. Uh, and also because I was a bit lazy. Because um, f- in Germany, university is like five years. In England, it's three years. So I wanted mm. to be done with university and I wanted to start working as soon as possible. So I went to England because it was kind of like the easier option in Europe, which makes me sound really lazy. But I don't know. I still like that. I always I always liked England, especially their like TV and film scene. I think it's some of the greatest shows I've seen are British. And I really like the humor. I don't know. I think I depend a lot of the humor of people. So if the humor humor is good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if the humor is good, I'm going to be a happy, happy girl wherever I go. Egyptians are very funny. You should come to Egypt sometime. <laughs> well, if, if you represent uh, Egypt properly, I will. I'll, I think it's true. I'm blushing now. Okay. Oh, oh. Next question. Um, you're the guest here. I'm, I'm the one to, <laughs> to give compliments, not you. So like, when you said like shows and, um, and humor and stuff, how were you exposed to that in Colombia? Um, through, um, like illegal streaming links on the internet. Cause here you can, like, there didn't used to be, um, Netflix or anything like that. Uh, but I used to watch some, like, British shows. Cause we went to, we went to England with my family in, like, 2007. So I must have been, like, 14 years old. So I think there I kind of liked it. I kind of came a little bit into contact with it. And then, yeah, I just kept it up here. A friend of mine also, he is very Colombian, but he also likes that kind of black humor that the British have. And he showed me a couple of shows. I, I can't remember anymore which ones they were, but I remember really enjoying it. And my aunt, she studied in England. So she also always talked so good about England. And yeah. So Christina was excited to go to the UK, but in preparation for the big move to the English land, she did the following. Yeah, 
Um, mainly I used skins as my source for what to expect in England. Um, I don't know if you know the TV show Skins. Um, you use a TV show to okay <laughs> to put my expectations. I'm yeah, not judge- I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know because there's a thing with expectations. You you always have them. You cannot not have them. But then you you're always gonna find they're a little bit different than what you expect. So you just let it be. Like I was very surprised by some things of England, for example. So here in Colombia, we're not really big into TV shows and stuff like that. Like we we do, we watch them, but it's not like people watch all the series and they know all the episodes and they know what the films say and blah, blah, blah. Because here, I think the weather kind of makes us go out a lot and not really stay at home. Whilst in England, because of the crappy weather they have over there, they do enjoy a lot and they kind of like take out as much as they can from the like media from the TV and, and film. So they're really like, they're really experts on it. They really talk about it and they talk about even how the scenes are, are shoot and how, what a character represents. And there's a lot of this talk in between like my friends over there and stuff. So I learn a lot of TV and I learn, I learn a lot about films. Um, but I was never expecting that. Even if, if their industry was good and I, I was never expecting that the regular Joe would know so much about it. And then there are a few things that you do expect, like the amount that they drink and party. Um, I <laughs> I expected it, and then it did surprise me that it was a bit more than what I was expecting. <laughs> but that's something I've learned from traveling and stuff. Like, yes, everyone drinks and everyone gets drunk and everyone parties. But there's always like a difference in it. The way it's done, the way the way people interact at parties, the way... Here in Colombia, you get a little teeny tiny bit tipsy and that's it. And then you enjoy your party and you go home. Whilst in England, it's kind of like till 3 a.m. in the morning until someone is puking and it, it's way more. Not that I want to offend. This is not a generalization. This is only what I've seen. But but yeah, I think it's a bit different. And in America as well, Americans, they love to play drinking games, but like all night. And the most weirdest mm. drinking games, like grabbing a bat and then putting it on your forehead and then spinning around until you walk super messy. And then if you don't jump this high, you have to drink a shot of this like really spicy thing. And it's like, what? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think each country has their own thing. Coming to the UK, you said that, you know, some of your expectations were lower, some were higher. Um, I want to know about the expectations of living. Um, did you have any expectations when you came apart from the, the drinking, obviously? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I was not expecting Geordies to be Geordies. Geordies are the people of Newcastle, a city in England where Christina did her university studies. Like... <laughs> I don't know, I was expecting always like, oh, all of Britain is going to be like really posh Londoners. And they're really not. So like, I I was really like the first week in Newcastle. It was so weird. That accent. I was so afraid. I was like, what if they teach lessons with this accent? I'm not going to understand a word of this. Like, what what am I going to do? Like, I was always asking, like, is that even English, man? That does not sound like English. (laughs) It doesn't. It's not, <laughs> not at all, right? It's like, but no, besides that, I was also, I think an expectation I had was that even though they have a lot of like black humor and stuff like that, I wasn't expecting university people, like government people and stuff like that to be so funny. Um, like they don't take anything too mm-hmm. seriously. They're kind of chill with everything, which I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, I was expecting like a, 007 James Bond vibe of like seriousness and always always doing the job or whatever but then the teachers or like the professors at at uni they were so chill and they were like some of the classes I had they they seem they seem like a comedy sketch like they were honestly so funny I was like dude I'm learning chemistry with this Scottish man just telling jokes um so yeah I think I think that was a, a really unexpected thing that i was very happy with i was i was so happy with that humor keeps the keeps popping up <laughs> I, like. 
I think because I think humor is so important because it's like it's both creativity and intelligence because like you you need both of those things to like be funny and yeah for me it's a key a key value I need it I think the 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 UK definitely the people here the banter yeah is um, banter exactly is a major cultural thing in 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 England Um, oh you know what what else I did not expect pop quizzes I really never expect to see that and that there's such a huge thing. And even nowadays, I'm seeing friends of mine putting like their Zoom pop quizzes with their families. And I'm like, what? Like, I haven't even Skyped my aunt that lives next door. What What are all these people Skyping all of their family to do a pop quiz? That's crazy. But yeah, mm. it's a huge thing over there. And I was not expecting that. I think they also drink and become smarter. And that's why why they do the pop quizzes. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay, so let's not offend mm-hmm. um, anyone here. Um, who did you end up getting close to or becoming friends with in 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 the UK? Um, as in, from a cultural perspective. Well, this is very funny because I did have a boyfriend in the UK, and he was also like mixed nationality, so he was British but French as well. We bonded a lot through that, like saying, like, "Oh yeah, you you come from a mixed." nationality family I come from a mixed mixed nationality family and it was funny how we shared a lot of the same like um like views on that um because he was also Mm. a lot of his like festivities or things he would do them kind of French but also Britishy but then most of his friends in school were fully British so they wouldn't get that and he would be a little bit um kind of like distanced as well kind of like the same thing but just with different cultures as me. Um, right. And besides that, I had a very close f- group of friends that were from the International Society. Um, so my two best friends were um South Korean girl and a Spanish girl. Yeah, which was funny because I was in Britain and I ended up with more friends that were like different nationalities besides British. Right. I think because I did share more with the, with the other nationalities because we were all international students so there was already a bonding point saying like oh yeah i have my own culture but then here we're we're mixing up with another culture and we had kind of like the same views and stuff uh whilst the people that i met that were like really british it was a bit harder to mm, to to like bond with them because not all of them but a lot of them were a, a bit more close to 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 other cultures or other experiences at least in my in my experience so it was mostly like the people that had um traveled a lot or lived somewhere else that i would bond with much more easier than the one that were like fully british lived in britain his whole life all his family was british but yeah but besides that i think that the international bonding point is for me the strongest when making relationships Interesting. Um, how does that then factor into you getting or assimilating into the English culture? Mm, I think I think I I did make part of it, and I think I I could get used to it. Like I am a very like healthy person, and I I really need the sun, and over there, kind of the bad weather, and a lot of a lot of the like um, social interaction is around drinking. And for me, there was it was fun at the beginning, but then I kind of got a bit bored of it. I kind of wanted to experience a little bit more, see something else. So I think I think for the four four or five years that I was there, I was okay with the culture, and I really bond like not bonded, but I really got into it and I assimilated it fine. But I don't think I could live forever in England. I don't think it's the culture for me. So you wouldn't live long term, you're saying, in the UK? Yeah, no. I liked it and I have very good things to say about it, but I don't think I could really call it home and, and live forever there, no. I, I would still have to, like, of course, experience some other cities because it's not always the same. Like, I was in Newcastle, it's a very student city, it's a very international city. So who knows, maybe London or something like that I could get used to for, for the rest of my life. But, um... Mm. Not really, I think. Okay. Um, would you have done it again then 
if Toyin were to go back, would you have come back to the U? Would you have come to the UK if you were eighteen? Um, yeah, I think because I think I have I have a very strong policy in my life of like not regretting or not trying to change the past because I learned a lot of things in England about myself, both through good times and both and, and through bad times, like really shitty times that I had during the winter. It was very hard for me at the beginning. Um, I also gained like 10 kilograms and yeah, so I, I, I've also had my, my share of, um, bad experiences in England, but they made me the person that I am today. And it was, I think, yeah, I would, I would go back and I would live it all again. And I think I have much more good that came out of it than bad things. And it did, yeah. And it did open the door for to so many new things that I had never expected that maybe in Germany, even if I had been happier with other things, I might not have experienced. So, so yeah, I think it was overall a great experience for me. Amazing. Mm. Um, what would you have changed though? Um, hmm. Really, I really like Newcastle. I think the city is perfect. It's small but big and it's beautiful. It's old and new. And yeah, I really, really like Newcastle. I would go to visit every time. Not a problem. I think maybe the course, my, my university course, even though I enjoyed the classes, I find out it wasn't what I wanted to do on like my second year. And I almost freaked out. And that was also like a bad patch in my life where I was kind of like hopeless and I was like, oh shit, I'm two years into a course I don't really like. What am I going to do? But then everything turned out good. Like I'm in a good place in my life right now. So I couldn't really say I would change something because who knows, maybe I wouldn't end up where I am now. So no, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the no, I won't change anything. <laughs> wow. Interesting. <laughs> um, well, you you keep you keep talking about that you learned a lot in the UK. Do you wanna do you mind sharing with us the top lessons that you might have learned? Yeah. Well, it's a bit it's a bit of a story, but I've I I I suffer with um generalized anxiety the um, disorder I think it's called, um and I had to go through therapy with cognitive behavioral therapy over there, and that that was something life changing for me because that therapy nailed it like it really really helped um it was also there that I find out that I shouldn't mm, judge myself so hard I was judging myself a lot especially like as I said when I gained weight and I always kind of wanted to be liked by everyone so I, I would do things that I wasn't really comfortable with or just not really being myself just because I wanted to have more friends because I was on my own and I had no one else blah 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 and I think after after going through that rough patch, learning that I have to just be myself because the, the right people are going to be around if I am myself. Um, so I think that's something that I learned over there after some like rough patches, as I said, and and the therapies. And I learned a lot and I have to thank the NHS because I did got all that for free. England came into a time of my life that I was really good in a good mental health, in a good mental place. But then, as I said, winters, winters are a very bad thing for me. I, I don't handle well not seeing the sun for a couple of months. And especially with like, as I said, like I wasn't enjoying my course. I was drinking more than I should. I wasn't working out as I normally do. So I was in a very bad but mental space for for a few months and the nhs and the cognitive behavioral therapy that saved like yeah it made me refine who i am it made me who i am today and that's something i would never have gone through maybe if i hadn't had those rough moments in in england and i think i needed england yeah. for that because that's where the weather is so crap and you drink so much <laughs> <laughs> So so yeah. Perfect setting for um, for depression. I <laughs> exactly guess. for a, for a, 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 like a breakdown that you need to become better. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad you came out stronger. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. So you you said that after you what was it called like after you rediscovered 
or gotten back to yourself mm-hmm. um you started writing you started meditation you started a blog mm-hmm. um tell us more about that why did you get into that and how did you really get into all these reflective um practices <laughs> outlets yeah um well first it started with yoga um i had joined i was doing because because i got fat i got a personal trainer and she started to do this like group classes with like a special message at the end so like for example we'll do an outdoor class and then we'll have breakfast and then we would discuss like a value or something about ourselves or always very like a mental side to it and then she did a a yoga class and then we we discussed about like being ourselves and how we were and stuff like that and it really like it it marked me that yoga class and after that I just went full into it I I fell in love with yoga I found it so helpful for my anxiety for my bits of depressions and stuff um so I started there and then there's a lot of in in yoga about like it's not about the destination it's about the journey and it's about seeing that you're you're not your thoughts you're not your feelings you're something bigger than that um so then I started writing um to kind of like organize my thoughts I had always like I always wrote a journal my whole life but I never really analyzed I never really thought about what I was putting there I was kind of like making a list of what I did and how I felt and that's it but I never really analyzed it and tried to change the bad things or the good things um so with yoga I started to do that and I started to analyze a little bit more my thought patterns and what my behavioral patterns were patterns were bringing me and stuff like that and so yeah so I started and it was very oh it was so like cathartic to write it was on the days I was sad, on the days I, I had some anger build up or something, and I would write, and it would just just free me of it. It was it was so, like yeah, a, a great outlet for my emotions. And then as well, I started to realize that I wasn't alone. A lot of my posts were commented by friends and family on private messages, and they were like, "Christina, I know exactly how you're feeling," or eh, "I know what you could do for that," and stuff like that. So it was really really helpful. To know that you're not alone, because I think a lot with like mental health is the fear of like no one else is feeling like this. Why am I the only one feeling like this? What's wrong with me? Oh my god, blah blah blah. But when you start writing and other people start reading it and other people start like liking it and sharing it and talking to you about it, you you just you just get a huge weight off your shoulders. You're like, oh, it's not just me. It's just being human and there's nothing wrong with that and I can work through it because a lot of people have felt this way and a lot of people have recovered so I think that was also a huge step that I made on like my my mental health and my journey to 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 myself and stuff like that so and then I started my blog and later on I started with medium.com uh, which is a great platform for writers and now I am very happy that we're quarantined because I get to write a lot. <laughs> Great blogs, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you call the um, the stuff on Medium blogs too? Um, yeah, posts, articles, me- yeah. I the, think it's the, it. They've be really been helpful. Like, I know I'm fangirling. So <laughs> go on. Oh, you can you can go on fangirling. I I, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> but yeah, that was. That was a huge one as well. I shared I shared a post on my blog the, before Medium about like binge eating and how I had been through it and how I recovered. And it was amazing how many people that I knew that I never, ever expected to have a problem in their life to approach me and be like, dude, I'm dealing exactly the same and I need help. Could you help me? And it's it's like mind blowing how much you can't tell from from just looking at people. And how much you can bond when you decide to be brave enough to just say what you feel, because a lot of people feel the same. So it's it's. I love writing, and I I preach it to everyone. It's like you should be a writer. You should write. Everyone write. You've told me to get into it. I, I got <laughs> into it for a bit, but I guess um, I lost the the momentum. I mean, you have a podcast. That's also very impressive, and that's also 
I guess, like a creative outlet and and a way to spread some some good in the world. I I hope cultural yes. awareness is um <laughs> is what I'm aiming for, and I hope it it conveys that message. Um, mm-hmm. Final question to conclude our episode for today. Of course. What would your advice be to someone from a similar background to you who wants to do a similar move to what you did? Um, I would really encourage people to say yes to new opportunities. Because I think we go a lot to like travels or, or other places or new new stages in our life. And we kind of plan it to live it in the same comfort zone that we're at now. So we kind of like, you know, if if I'm a runner and they invite me for a running club, I'll say yes to that. But if they invite me swimming, I'll be like, mm, no, because I don't swim. So I think the main takeout I will give to everyone, and not just South Americans, but like anyone in the world going anywhere in the world or doing anything new in the world, is just embrace the new opportunities. Just just say yes and see where they lead. If you know if they you end up not liking it or leading to not a good path, then you you change it. You say, okay, this is not for me. Fair enough. At least I did it. Because I think a lot of like traveling or living new experiences is about expanding your comfort zone. And the only way you're gonna expand your comfort zone is if you try new things and things that you're afraid of and things you're unsure of and things you would never have done before, but you're presented with the opportunity, so you should take it. So I think that's. That's my answer. Right. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, Christina, mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you um, so much for interviewing me. I'm very happy that we've talked today. I'm very happy to have met you and work with you as well before. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same. And uh, okay, let's end it. Let's end the podcast here. Here, okay. Stop the recording. <laughs> no problem. Home is where the heart is. It's incredible. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on that one.